The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at www.upc.org forward slash university. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 47th and 16th in Seattle's U District. Well, my name's Ryan, one of the guys on staff here. Again, thank you for coming to the Inn tonight. We recognize that it's the middle of the quarter and there are a lot of things not limited to, but including primarily midterms. Uh, and so thank you for joining us. Uh, as we finish up our series in Galatians tonight, uh, we've done uh, the first five chapters. Jen's going to wrap it up for us tonight. And then next week, uh, Janie and I are going to kick it off. We're going to finish off this quarter similar to what, what Patricia was, was just sharing about. We're going we're to uh, finish off the quarter doing a little series on, on the church. And, and to give you a vision for what is the church, what's the church's role in the world. Not just, you know, any one single church, but the, the church universal, the, the, the body of Christ at work in the world. And we're going to do that by focusing on some of the values that we have here at University Ministries that I hope give you an idea uh, of why we do what we do, how we do it. And, and hopefully you will see ways that you might get connected to that and participate, in, perhaps in this church, uh, but perhaps in other churches. I hope it will be a, uh, a series that, as you look for a community of faith throughout your life, might help guide you in knowing what to look for when you're, when you're looking for uh, a place to connect with the body of Christ. Uh, so make sure you come back for that. Again, a reminder that uh, if you make any contributions to the giving box or buy one of our snazzy uh, aluminum water bottles, all that money goes to help um, uh, lay some concrete floors during our spring break trip in the Dominican. So anything that comes in, we're going to send right back out. Um, and so we invite you to participate uh, in that. Okay. Uh, before uh, Jen comes up here, I want to tell you a little bit about her because I'm excited for you tonight. Our speaker tonight uh, grew up in the Bay Area and then came to us via Loyola Marymount University, otherwise known as LMU, down in the L.A. area where she was connected to a college ministry very similar to this. And... You know, I got to tell you, a lot of interns kind of freak out as they're getting ready to do their their talk in front of the inn. But Jen is pretty laid back. She was watching The Bachelor, uh, but but Jen is is somebody that uh, in in the short time that I I have known her, very clearly uh, has has this incredible gift. She was simply created to love people and let people know how loved they are. She's one of those folks that can make you feel uh, like a million bucks just when you walk in to the same room that she's in. And I think you're going to get a taste of that. As she shares tonight from Galatians 6, please welcome my friend and colleague, Jen Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wow, what an intro. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. So, hi guys, welcome to the inn. My name is Jen Lindsay. Um, I grew up in NorCal. NorCal what what? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, alright, okay, okay. So I'm not a huge fan of NorCal, which is why I went down south for college, like Ryan said. Um, I got my degree in communication studies, 
And um, I actually had a wonderful, wonderful mentor um, in college. And I encourage you guys, if you don't have a mentor, talk to the UMIN staff. We'll find you one. Um, but her name was Adele, and she was actually an intern here about five years ago. And um, she was just such a, an amazing influence in my life that when she asked me, you know, have you ever considered applying for an internship in a college ministry? I said, well, you did that. That's pretty cool. And I like you. So let me think about it. So I thought about it and I prayed about it. And it turned out to be probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, but aside from all that, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm in Seattle for this internship. Um, but I also want to share with you a little bit of my childhood. So if we could throw a picture up there, that'd be great. I was a pretty happy baby, right? Not much has changed. <laughs> um, besides, I've gotten a little bit taller. Um, still got those ankles though. That's great. Um, <laughs> woo. um so I, <laughs> generally a happy kid. Um, aside from being happy, uh, I'm surprised I was so happy because my mom, uh, made all of my Halloween costumes from scratch. Next slide, please. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I am rocking that clown costume right there. I think there's some like Care Bears in the pattern. It's pretty, pretty awesome. So anyways, my family, besides my mom making me really embarrassing costumes all the time, my family was pretty legit. Um, I have a picture of them too when I was little. That's my mom, Patsy, my dad, John, with the stash. It's really awesome. He still has those glasses. And my sister, <laughs> my older sister, Sherry, who's um, three years older than I am and just got engaged. And I know, pretty exciting. So <clears throat> those are kind of little tidbits about my history, but here at the inn, I work with the women's ministry, and shameless plug, come to our study session tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, um, and I work with women's ministry, core groups, and sophomore group, and meeting new students is one of my absolute favorite things to do, but if you haven't met me yet, you'll soon find out that I'm not always the most graceful person, in fact, I kind of trip a lot and fall a lot, hence the mingle question. Um, actually, uh, one of the stories comes with this picture, right? Cute as a button. Um, I have been dancing since I was about two years old when I had my first dance recital. I think I did a somersault across the stage, and that was about it. But I started dancing then. <laughs> and um, so one night, I was showing my mom, my dad, and my sister these cool new dance moves, and so I was rocking out at the dinner table, and I just lose it, and I fall right into the table and hit my head right here in the corner of the table. And, yeah, ouch. And my mom is freaking out. I'm screaming Bloody Mary, and my dad is, like, getting in the car to take me to the emergency room. And my sister goes into the, the freezer to get some ice. No ice, so she grabs a pack of frozen peas and just slaps it right on my forehead. So I am riding on my mom's lap with no seatbelt on. I'm like, we're going to get arrested. I'm not wearing my seatbelt. Going to the emergency room. My dad's blowing through red lights. I'm like, he's going to get arrested now, too, because he's blowing through red lights. But it turned out to be okay. But if I didn't get taken to the hospital by my parents, I probably would have had some issues. Then this, uh, okay. Hey. Hey. Be nice. So this next picture also has a story. Oh, another ballerina picture. Sorry, I couldn't get enough of those. Keep going. That's, that's me also. Um, so my dad had a company pool um, at this old company he used to work for, and he'd invite my sister and I to come and take some, some swim lessons with him. Um, he used to be a lifeguard 
on his lunch breaks. And so my sister and I would go and, you know, I'm sporting this really cute mini mouse suit and was really into mini and uh, had my floaties on. And I'm like, you know what? These floaties are kind of cramping my style. I'm going to take them off. <laughs> so I took them off and I that maybe have a problem with listening. And, you know, when lifeguards say, walk, walk, I ran and I slipped and I fell into the pool and I sunk to the bottom <laughs> without my floaties on. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so my dad had jumped in the pool and pulled me out. And I'm not sure if he had to resuscitate me, but he definitely saved my life because um, <laughs> there was no lifeguard on duty and my sister was too young to, to help me. So then there's this other time. I know you're not really surprised, are you? But there's this other time where we, gro- we were going to Disneyland. I think there's the next picture. There might be another picture of me. Oh, yep, there it is. Okay, so this is at Disneyland, so clearly I'm fine. But before we got here... <laughs> I am so excited to meet Minnie Mouse that I am putting on my best outfit. I'm putting on my purple and my pink socks. I didn't match back then. Um, and so I'm putting on the socks, and I put them on at the top of the staircase. <laughs> not, not the brightest idea, but I was really excited. And so I leaned too far, fall forward, and I just totally tumble down the staircase and start crying, and my mom comes and scoops me up in her arms again and saves the day. And then there was the time. (laughs) Next picture. Okay, maybe I didn't accidentally slide down that slide, but I must have been going like 30 miles an hour, so good thing there was like a good, good, nice cushion to catch my fall. So, point being, we all pretty much fall on our face from time and time again. So, luckily, there was people around me who really cared about me and who really loved me, who picked me up when they saw me falling. Would you pray with me? Lord, there may be some heavy things on the shoulders of the students here tonight. And I've done a lot of laughter. I've, I've laughed a lot. But I know that there are burdens in this room. And I pray that you can meet us, meet us in those places. Would we recognize that you are here with us right now? And you are enough to bear those burdens, Lord. Be with me. um, Push me aside. And just let me be your ambassador tonight. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. So, like Ryan said, for these uh, past five weeks, we've been starting a series on uh, the book of Galatians. And we're in our last week. Um, We're going to study chapter 6 tonight. But the first four weeks, we looked at this group of opposing Judaizers who were telling these Galatians, that there was way more to it than just Jesus. They were saying you needed to follow this law. You needed to be circumcised. You needed to follow all these codes. And Paul wrote to them for these first five, four chapters and said, no, you are free from the law, just Jesus. And Ryan last week talked about what do we do with that now? What is our response? And so this is kind of like that last piece of the Galatians pie. So voice of the inn, would you start us out? Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Awesome.
So right away, Paul sets this tone of tenderness, of brotherly love. He uses the words brothers and gentle and carry each other's burdens, right? But first I want us to look at this word sin. It's kind of a scary word if you're not, you know, too familiar with it. But we all got it, so don't worry about it. Um, So sin, in this context, yeah, it is true. Uh, Sin means a moral slip-up. It's the Greek word for a moral slip-up, like someone slipping on a patch of ice. Now, you all remember the snow that came down back in December and the snow that's been falling these past couple days? Add snow to me, how clumsy I already am. Not a good combo, right? So there's been a couple mornings where I've been walking up the uh, stairs to the human trailer and I eat it. Now, Tyler and Kelly and Jordan and Tom, they don't come outside and point and say, oh, way to go, Jen. And they don't just stand there and laugh. Well, Tom maybe would. But (laughs) eventually he would get me back up, right? So Paul says if someone slips up, this real duty of a friend is to get him back on his feet again. This word restore. There it is. Restore. This word means to correct. It's talking about repairing something, like when a a surgeon sets a broken bone. Or um, actually in Matthew, when he talks about repairing nets, he uses this word, restore. The whole atmosphere of this word is based on the correction, not a punishment. It's, It's a cure. So let's go back to that wonderful image of me eating it on the stairs, the human trailer, every morning. Well, when one of my fellow intern friends or when one of you guys, my friends, um, see me fall, you don't point and say, you fell again, really, seriously. What is wrong with you? Get it together. Grab the post. (laughs) I'm probably on the phone, so I can't grab the post, okay? Um, (laughs) No, they don't do that. Serving me in love They come running to my side, reach down, maybe even get down with me, those who are strong enough, and they pick me up. So besides literally helping someone when they slip up, what does carrying each other's burdens actually look like? Because I trust and love you guys, you are my community, um, I want to share with you a little bit of my past. Um... Starting my sophomore year of college, I began to uh, struggle with an eating disorder. And I'm not talking about, like, I thought I was fat and whatever. I didn't really do anything about that, and I just was sad all the time. I'm not belittling that. I know that's an issue. But it got to the point where it consumed me. I My health was just pretty much down the tube. Um, It was all I could think about. I was really unsatisfied and really unhappy. And this this lasted for quite some time, pretty much all of college. And at the time, I had some really amazing roommates. Um, Made some of my my best friends in college, and I hope you guys have too. But if you haven't, talk to me and I'll find you some friends. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But seriously. (laughs) So I had some really, really great roommates. Who, who saw me in this, I never came out and, and talked to them about it, but they saw it. They saw the weight I was losing and, and my dissatisfaction. Maybe they saw me looking at myself in the mirror, putting myself down. 
And I can't imagine how uncomfortable they must have felt when they were figuring out how to talk to me. But through that awkwardness and the fear that maybe I'd be mad at them for talking to me about it, that's, that's really where the redemption came. My dad used to tell me that no one can ever be angry with you for telling them you genuinely, genuinely care about them and just want the best for them. No one can be mad at you for saying that. Thank goodness that my friends loved me enough to tell me this, to talk to me about it. They came to me individually at first, and sometimes they came in pairs, but they walked with me in it. They asked me really great questions about how I was feeling, how they could support me, what I needed. They spoke with me in a gentle way and helped me find a cure like a doctor trying to set a broken bone. There was no condemnation in the way that they approached me. It was just love, just gentle restoration. So Paul says, when you do this, when you help each other up, when you carry each other's burdens, this is how you fulfill God's law for you. When you love each other enough to help each other up. So there's this assumption in these verses that we all have burdens. And maybe you're the kind of person who who doesn't want to put your burdens on other people's shoulders. You don't want to burden them. Or maybe you're the kind of person who doesn't want to get vulnerable. It's too scary. You don't want to be on it. You, don't, you can't. You just can't. Or maybe you think that the brave thing to do is to shoulder it yourself. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you think you should just be able to give it to God. Because I thought that. I'm like, why can't I just give this eating disorder crap to God? And I believe that this, what the Psalms say about casting our burdens upon the Lord, I believe that he can, he can take anything we can throw at him. But I also think that one of the ways in which he bears these burdens is through human friendships. I think that true friendships is one of the ways he shows his love for us. We cannot and should not always keep these stuff, this stuff to ourselves. So these Judaizers were seeking to burden the Galatians with the observance of these laws, right? This whole Jesus plus works, Jesus plus circumcision, blah, blah, blah. So at this point, Paul's kind of like throwing a side glance like, hey, Judaizers, this is how you fulfill the law of Christ. This is the law. To pick each other up when you slip up, to restore each other, to correct each other with gentleness. So this may not look like some heroic deed of self-sacrifice. It may be something more mundane. We all have burdens, so there are chances every day to help each other bear them. Now these burdens may look like, well, they may look like a lot of different things. Maybe it's like a parent's divorce. Maybe, maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe it is a broken heart. I've had a couple of those. Maybe it's financial burden. Depression and anxiety. Definitely had those. You guys, we all have burdens. Let's let's be honest. Martin Luther said that Christians have must have strong shoulders and mighty bones, sturdy enough to carry the heavy burdens of others. This text gives me hope. It covers every kind of conceivable burden that is in this room right now. 
even the unseen ones that you have never told anyone. And this isn't just talking about the people sitting in this room. This is talking about people outside of the church. Are we loving the marginalized? Are we carrying others' burdens, whatever that might look like? Do you need to gently reach out and pick someone up where you've seen them fall? Is there someone coming to mind right now that you can come next to them and help them manage this heavy burden? Is there someone coming to mind right now? I'm serious. Think about it. Because my friends did. (laughs) Thank God. Maybe it's you who's shouldering the burden. Maybe you feel this weight on you and you're waiting for someone to pick you up where you've fallen. If that's where you're at right now, listen up because we're going to go back to scripture and look at verse 3. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I just talked about carrying each other's burdens, right? Got it, right? Now he's saying carry your own load. What the heck? Contradicting, maybe? That was my response when I first read it. I was like, Paul, what the heck? So this might be a little cheesy, but I'm a visual learner. So if I could get some brave volunteers to come up and, and help me demonstrate something really quick. Show of hands. Okay, you. Someone in the back. You. Not you, Alex. Sit down. (laughs) All right. So, I'm going to have you stand over here. What's your name? Avalanche. I need that. (laughs) It's not Avalanche. It's Josh. Okay, okay. It's It's Avalanche. Avalanche. Freshman group. Got it, got it. Okay, and your name? Carly. Hi, Carly. So, first, Carly, I'm going to have you pick that duffel bag up for me. Okay, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Okay, hold on. Just grab that side. I'll grab this one. Okay, bring it over here with me. That's not so bad, right? You can do that. Okay, okay. Could you set it down for me? Thanks. Okay, so this duffel bag, envision this with me. The Greek word for bear each other's burdens is baros. And it actually means a heavy load, like a duffel bag. And it's one that one person can't carry by themselves. Carly couldn't. Sorry, Carly. But I don't think I could either. And that's the point, is I didn't take it from Carly. I didn't carry it all by myself and, you know, fix it for her. We carried it together. And then it became bearable. Thanks, Carly. Now, avalanche. If you could do me a favor and help me carry this, would you grab the other side? Yeah. No. No, stop. Okay, okay. Enough, enough. I'll just carry it on my own. Thanks. That's pretty comfortable. I could carry that. Well, thanks for your help, but I got this one. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay. <laughs> You're so sad. You wanted to carry my burden. It's okay. It's okay, Avalanche. Go sit with your friends. Go sit with freshman group. Okay. 
second word that Paul talks about carrying each other's, carrying your own load. It's actually the word fortune. It's the Greek word fortune, and it means like a pack, like a backpack. And it's one that's comfortable for one person to carry. Something I can shoulder just fine. As, as much as Avalanche wanted to help, he couldn't. It was just for me. So we bear, we are to bear one another's burdens, which are too heavy to man, for a man to bury alone. But there are some burdens which we can't share. It's a pack light enough for every man to carry himself. Now, one of the few things I remember from college is from my freshman year philosophy class. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it was from my philosophy class, and it was Socrates. Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. The unexamined life is not worth living. Now, the way of living in Christ is not to brush off responsibility for your own character. It is not... Okay, it's Socrates, but what, what else is it not? Next, next slide. Great. Jay-Z. It's not a Jay-Z move. It's not a brush your shoulders off of your own responsibility. It is shouldering your own pack. Okay? Clear? It is not where you pretend like you don't have some personal responsibility for carrying your own load, for examining your own actions and character. You cannot always blame others or expect them to fix you. My friends could not have fixed my eating disorder by themselves. If I didn't decide for myself to change, part of it was my own load to bear. Paul directs us to test our own actions. And I think that our lives are our backpacks. Paul says, don't avoid your life. Shoulder your own load. And stop comparing your load to everybody else's, saying that yours is heavier or lighter. There's no weight in that with Christ. This comparison has to be based on our own personal best, our own personal work. Not on the basis of others. Maybe you're thinking about something that you've compared yourself to. If you're not right now, I think you should. Carry your own load, Paul reminds us. Test your own actions. So let's continue with Paul's concluding statements in this letter. Starting up in verse 6. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows... The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Okay, so that last line, the family of believers thing, kind of meh, irked me. Because I was like... What's the exclusion thing? But looking a little deeper, I found that I think it's not just saying, oh, just the people who go to church. It's saying, Paul is saying, hey, would you quit competing with the Judaizers? It's not you and them. It's you guys together. We are on the same team here. And this is where Paul gets really fired up in verse 11. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. At this point, Paul has 
stolen the pen from his scribe, maybe before he was kind of like pacing around as the scribe's like sitting at the desk. Paul will have none of that anymore. He's like, give me the pen. Give me the pen. Picture when you're on Facebook chat and you hit the caps lock button. It's kind of like that, where you're just like, I'm going to go crazy. Okay, so he cannot just sit there. He says, those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law. Yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So why carry each other's burdens? What's our motivation? Hmm? Why do we have to lift up this duffel bag? Why do we have to come alongside our friends and do that? Why do we have to shoulder our own loads? Notice this, this verse, verse 17, if we could throw that back up there. Paul says that he bears the marks of Jesus. Friends, this is where the book comes full circle. Jesus tied because he loves you. And maybe that's something you've heard a million times. Or maybe it's the first time. Jesus loves us so much that he would die on that cross, and that is why we are to do the same. This is our response to the freedom that he's given us, to love like he loved us. This is how we fulfill the law of Christ. You know, I've I've been really blessed through this internship. I've gotten to do... You know, the things that I really love, which is meet new people and and socialize and build relationships. It's it's been a great blessing and I've I've had a great community here also. But it it's really given me an opportunity to allow God's redemption to shine through my dark past. After battling my eating disorder for the better part of college, almost four years. I was beginning to wonder if I was ever going to get past it, if there was ever going to be a time where I wasn't worried about it, wasn't dealing with it. I pretty much felt damaged and tainted and didn't think that I was going to be able to be loved again by anyone, by someone who would want me to work for them, this internship, by a guy, by my friends, by the Lord. But today I stand before you a new creation. One year ago, with the help of my friends picking me up a whole lot of therapy and me deciding to do my part and taking responsibility for my actions, it was conquered. I'm eating disorder-free. Praise Jesus. Victory is so sweet. In him, we are a new creation. That is what counts, you guys.
Not what we've done, how we've messed up, the mistakes we've made. Rules we've followed, rules, rules we haven't followed. None of that matters. What counts is a new creation. Friends, you do not have to live in that darkness anymore. We're a slave to it until we bear it together. It's just Jesus. Just me, you're free. Do you believe this? Maybe you believe in God, but do you believe him? Do you believe that you are who he has said that you are, that he loves you so much? Do you believe him, that you are a new creation? That's true. There is good news for those of you who are trying to figure out how to carry this duffel bag with your friend. Maybe you're waiting for someone to to come carry it with you. Come bear that burden. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to shoulder your own load, your own backpack. There is good news. Christ has made you a new creation. And he can bear the weight of anything you can throw at him. Because we are a new creation, we can love each other well. Dead to the old, you're alive to the new. What counts is a new creation. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for making me a new creation. Would you show us the ways in which we can respond to that love and the freedom that you've given us? Point us to the people who are have heavy loads. Help us to continue to examine our own character. Lord, thank you for being so faithful and so redemptive. We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name.